Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the 326th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8 and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. Go upgrade your audio game today over at audiotechnica.com. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me here, my podcast, Right I Die, the tears to my kingdom. You can find her on them socials at Miss Ellie Hart. Miss Ellie Hart, how the bloody hell are you? Doing okay. I think we're team team low sleep. We are team, team low sleep, team no sleep. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been a very uneven Friday night evening of sleep for me. I've just come back from a, a few days in Radelaide. The uh, mm-hmm. murder capital of Australia, but uh, it's a good time it's down there. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More murders really? per like per populace than any other city or town in Australia. So uh, lots of killers in, in in and around Adelaide, but it doesn't make the city any less any less nice. I did nearly see a punch up in the KFC that I was in on Thursday night, which was a time. But uh, that's is just what it Western is. Sydney. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a bit of a bit of a jostle over who gets the last Wicked Wing, I think, but. Uh, no, no blood was shed, but uh, Dirty Bird was consumed, and that is a great way to end an evening after a night on the gins. But uh, yes, we are here for the 326th time doing that THG thing. I guess we can start things off by talking about what we've been doing this week. Full spoilers, I haven't played a single lick of a video game this week. I've watched some things. Uh, just super quick, I've watched the first three episodes of Silo, which is the new show on oh, Apple yeah. TV Plus, which I am really digging. Created by Graham Yost, who uh, is a man of many talents. Most notably, he did Justified, which I adore. But uh, the 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 show itself is based on the Wool series of novels by uh, Hugh Howey, so it's it's really cool, post apocalyptic dystopian type of vibe. It's got some some fallouty elements where there's people living underground in this silo and and the the mystery the mysteries around why people are in there why aren't people outside why is outside dangerous and life threatening etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's really really fun really enjoyable and there's a lot of question marks like you know what, what's the origins of this what's going to happen how can we ultimately get outside and live a free life and da 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 but really good three episodes available on Apple TV Plus check it out. And just, uh, I've been really vibing Ted Lasso lately. This this latest season, last couple of episodes have been really hitting me in the feels and uh, getting me getting me very moved emotionally. So um, still digging Ted Lasso. Have you been watching this latest season, Miss Hart? No, I still didn't finish. I think was it the second season or the third season? There was a, a weird like little vibe that I was getting from the show that I'm just like, you know what, not caring. But I'm I'm not too sure like what it was. So maybe I'll get around to mm. it. But yeah. It's not on my to-watch list. It's very, very sweet, very, very heartwarming at times, and very real and raw. And um, yeah, it's mm. it's just uh, just what I needed after a, after a week away in Adelaide to to watch uh, Ted Lasso and that big old mustache share life lessons to a bunch of football players. So that was a good time. But that's all I've been really doing, Miss Hart. What have you been doing this week? Fortunately, I've been inundated with an assignment, so the uh, free time was uh, far and few between. However, uh, got to actually set some time aside to play a little bit of Animal Crossing, which is kind of random, but um, a few group of friends were kind of discussing about how they hadn't been back to their island for some time, and we decided just to do a little a little island visit on everyone's island, mm-hmm. and um it was nice. It was like everyone eventually just stayed on my little island because it was actually a little more put together and such. But um, it was just really, really fun. And it was really cool, like, giving them gifts and cooking them meals <laughs> and then, like, showing them around. And then um, I was lucky enough that one of my villages that I has been lingering for a lot also kind of came up to me and said, I'm thinking about leaving. I'm like, good. Go, oh, get out of here. You wanted them gone. You had enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my goal is to have a ham, like a whole hamster island. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and oh my goodness, I don't even want to admit how much time I spent um, and how much Nook Miles I spent on tickets to 
island hop so I could get fill the space with another hamster. But I got there. I got I've got flurry now. So uh, yeah, just two more to go for Hamster Island. Damn, I love that. So how many? Because it's been a long while since I've jumped in Animal Crossing. What's the what's the maximum amount of villages you can have? So how many? What's the how many hamsters you're gonna have? So unfortunately, in the game, there's only nine. Nine. And on your island, you have ten houses, oh, I, I believe. Yep. So there's going to be just some wild card in there. So, um, but yeah, so. Nine in total hamsters available, so I've just got to get two more. So you've got but, seven hamsters on the island right now. Yeah, it's around. so great. I love. I just love the way that they're all designed and these cute little tiny chubby characters just walking around my island and their own wacky personalities. Um, and one of them that just looks like my husband. So you know, it's <laughs> <great>. <laughs> does it make him any less adorable in game form super, or in though. real life? It's fantastic, Su- super adorable in both ways. So, so but great. um, yeah, everyone should, everyone should go visit their island and get sassed by their uh, villagers because it's it's always good to see uh the how they suggest uh, your time has been spent since you've been away. So I might uh I might boot it up over the weekend because I'm going to have a very relaxed sort of uh, cruisy casual weekend and I've got to firstly find my switch. I keep losing it in the house somewhere. And so I'll find that it's probably in that deep permanent pseudo sleep where you need to sort of hard restart the battery to get it uh, on again. So I'll mm-hmm. get that done. I'll jump in. I'll check out my island. It's probably going to be all on fire. It's going to be very, <laughs> very uh, downtrodden and destroyed and full of weeds, I'd imagine. And all of my island uh fellow island uh residents will be very upset with me i think i'll be getting sass left right and center you'll probably like have this like find this like little grave with your name on it it's like we just thought you died you know like it's either that or they've like sacrificed me like i'll be like there'll be a a, a straw version of myself nailed to a cross that's on fire somewhere on the island it's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty hectic situation <laughs> yeah tom nook's in there overthrowing the the island power shift to 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 suit his needs as he likes to do but uh oh, yeah, yeah i'll see i'll report back i think i'm out of debt yeah. i think i paid off my all my loans oh you did I you think, paid off your loans i think but i'll probably get back and i probably found i owed like a few a few dollars and the interest rates have just turned that up to like 10 million again because nook's a crook but uh yeah i'll report back I'll, I'll see what's happening on my island over the weekend and see what kind of state of disarray it's in but uh yeah it's I'm very curious. I can't even remember half of my my villages, to be honest. I know I didn't have like a uniformed animal race. It was a mix mishmash mm-hmm. of, of of various uh, various creatures and characters. But uh, we'll see who's still there waiting waiting very impatiently for me by the uh, by the airport. I have to check it out. Oh yeah, and listeners, you can also check out all our stuff over at videogamesandculture.com. That is the hub for all things THG and 8-bit. If you want to win some stuff, just chuck a forward slash win on the back of that URL. So videogamesandculture.com to go in the draw for our latest competition, winning a assortment of swag from our friends over at Audio Technica, as well as from us here at 8-bit slash The Hungry Gamers. Be sure to check out all the podcasts over there. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Said podcasts over there, as well as all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular, because those ratings and reviews help keep those emotional lights on in our hearts. You can also buy our merchandise over at shop8bit.net. And if you wanted to get yourself a monthly subscription from our friends over at japancrate.com, use code 8bit15 at checkout to get yourself a discount as well as free shipping on an assortment of snacks and knickknacks. But Miss Hart, let's jump into some news, shall we? This week's news headlines. Presented by Audio-Technica. First bit of news, the unannounced Mortal Kombat 1 will reportedly get Peacemaker and Homelander as DLC characters. Windows Central reports the two characters are part of the Mortal Kombat 1 character pass. Peacemaker is obviously a DC Comics anti-hero that's been made mainstream by his appearance in James Gunn's 2021 Suicide Squad movie, as well as the HBO Peacemaker spin-off TV series. Homelander is from the comic book series The Boys, which was similarly made mainstream as the Amazon TV show of the same name became one of the biggest hits in Streamerland. 
So the game is yet to be announced. There's been a lot of rumor, a lot of chatter and, and pseudo confirmation via leakers all over the internet as far as Mortal Kombat 1 being announced any time now. Uh, so NetherRealm has teased that it's going to reboot the series instead of going from you mm-hmm. know Mortal Kombat 12, 13, 14, etc., etc. It's going to go right back and go Mortal Kombat 1. And uh, they're feeling that an announcement will be made Sometime in the next month or so, maybe on the back end of Summer Game Fest, whether it be in parallel standalone to that, or maybe it'll be part of an Xbox or Sony showcase over that Summer Game Fest week. But uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat 1 is on the way, and uh, Peacemaker and Homelander, two anti-hero slash villainous characters making their way there as part of the uh, roster, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and it makes sense, especially for those two kind of uh, characters to be involved in the Mortal at least in the Mortal Kombat uh, franchise, because they are pretty hyper-violent. So uh, putting them into any kind of fighting game, it would only make sense that it uh, it would be Mortal Kombat for some very visceral graphic kind of violence. I, it sounds exciting too. I loved how they did a little announcement trailer of the clock, starting at the 10 position, mm-hmm. moving to 11... So everyone thought they were announcing like a 12, but then it just skipped 12 and went to one. I thought that was brilliant. I thought it was a great way to kind of troll the audience. So yeah, always excited for a Mortal Kombat game because they're just only going to put more detail and make it more gory and uh, messed up. Can't wait. Yeah. And and the good thing is, yeah, like you said, Miss Hart, both of these characters and the universes they're in when they've now been translated to, to live action, they haven't held back on the violence and the gore. Like there is body parts exploding everywhere. There's blood, guts and everything else in between regularly shown throughout the TV series and the the film as well, the Suicide Squad movie. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they'll fit right on in there. And uh, I think they'll play really well. Like, uh, you know, uh, Homelander, played by Anthony Starr. He's, you know, the easiest uh, comp is, you know, he's, he's evil Superman, you could say. Like, he's got those same type yeah, of abilities, much. the laser eyes, the super strength, the flight. So it'll be fun to sort of see how he will weave into uh, a, a match against various Mortal Kombat stalwarts. But... Yeah, they, they can slot right on into this roster and have a great time and uh, rip people to shreds left, right, and center. I'm very curious to see if we have uh, a, a reducing, like a, a shrinking character, somehow make his way inside of Sub-Zero's penis and then blow him up like what happens in uh, in some boys' lore there. But uh, let's let's see. Let's see if we get an exploding dick character happening in, uh, in Mortal Kombat down the line. I guess that's a spoiler. <laughs> I guess it's a... Yeah, I guess that is very much a spoiler. Sorry about that. But yeah, there's there's, oh, some, there's right. some exploding penises going on. There's there's people that can shrink down and sneak inside your pee hole. Alrighty. PP. All right, moving on. We're less than a month away from the start of this year's Summer Game Fest season, and host Jeff Keighley is starting to crank the hype handle, revealing this year's event will feature updates from 40-plus partners, including PlayStation and Xbox. Summer Game Fest officially begins on the 8th of June with a live showcase promising a mix of premieres, gameplay videos, and announcements. But it'll continue on well after that with various other industry events and showcases, including those previously announced by Xbox and Ubisoft, set to fall under the Summer Game Fest banner throughout the season. So June is hyping up. Obviously, E3 is not a thing in that same uh, time time period there. But uh, Summer Game Fest and the subsequent flow-on with all these other industry-based events has got me very hot under the collar. I'm very excited to see what announcements are made, what new games are unveiled, and also what uh, release dates are announced as far as maybe new games coming out in 2023 because uh, I want to see what's happening at the back end of this year. What's some big juicy titles to get me hyped for? Yeah, it was incredible flex by uh, Jeff to say, look at all these people who are working with me to produce some wonderful content for Summer Games Fest. So uh, I thought it was was quite, quite a show off to be like, oh, these are the people who are willing to work with me. This is what's going to be shown. This is what's on offer. So, and I can't fault, like I can't fault any of these teams and studios to kind of work with him. Jeff has proven himself to put on a really great show and I think he does well with it. Not to mention now that like the people are getting, buying tickets to go to this event. So it seems like it's actually pretty accessible for um a lot of people. So 
I look forward to it. It's always a, it's always a fun time. I, I like I equally like how th- when things go well, and then I also like it when those little awkward kind of, as the kids say, cringy moments happen as well. You gotta have you gotta have a little bit of both to Ooh, yeah. have a good time. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Jeff Keeley, he he runs a tight ship. He he puts on a great event, and yeah, I I can admire the uh, the the subtle smugness as far as like you said, Ali. The look look at how great I am. Look at all these people that want to work with me. Everyone else, you know, yeah. cheeky, cheeky middle finger under the table to them. Like, he's done well for himself. He's, he's uh, you know, fostered and, and built these relationships with all the main players in the game space. And, and, you know, he's done very, very extensive work in this space to build up his brand. And, yeah, Summer Game Fest has become one of the premier events of the, uh, the gaming calendar. And, mm-hmm. yeah, the fact that you can attend this in person now, albeit with a, with a paid ticket. I don't know what they're charging per ticket for this type of thing. But, uh, yeah, I haven't seen. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the unpredictability of the live event because, uh, yeah, things often can and will go south. And let's see what kind of awkward, bizarre moment we're going to be left talking about, whether it be a, a speech where they throw some kind of various uh lewd statement in there or something offensive or does someone rush the show and also what is going to be the the weird bizarre live musical event that happens that is also equal parts great and embarrassing so uh let's see what happens we don't have to wait long at all because it's less than four weeks away now so the 8th of june this this bad boy kicks off and then we've got a, a week or so of good things to look forward to after that yeah, like Day of the Devs as well. Yes. Little indie showcases and everything else that's attached. Yeah, Lots June. You know, it's it's uh it's not quite Christmas in July, but it's pretty damn close. It's uh you pretty know damn close. just just here just uh, warms up our our cold winter based hearts here in the southern hemisphere. But uh, yeah, that summer game fest it uh, gets everyone hot under the collar for what's to come, both in the short and the long terms from the game space. Sure, yeah. uh, next bit of news: Epic Games has introduced a creative mode for Fall Guys, allowing players to build their own competitive stages. The mode includes a comprehensive level editor and lets players explore and play levels created by other players. Obviously, don't forget to use code Eight Bit when buying from the Epic Store. But uh, this is cool. Like, uh, I felt like this is the next logical step for Fall Guys. This game, yeah. obviously, was one of the, the indie hits of uh, the last few years as far as coming out of nowhere and just blowing the hell up. Super fun to play. Uh, excuse me. I have not played in a good long while. doesn't mean that the game's not enjoyable. Like, I love any minute I've had playing Fall Guys is always hysterical when you and I have been running around chasing crowns and things like that. But uh, oh, yeah. this certainly uh, piqued my interest as far as being able to make crazy, obscure, absurd levels myself or just play some of those same levels from, like, maybe you made one, Ali, or someone else we know has made one. Like, I think that's a great little touch by Epic to allow this creative mode in to uh, just further breathe a bit of fresh bit of life into this game. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think having this creative mode is a great way to kind of revitalize the community and bring them back. Uh, just before we started recording, there was a Twitch Rivals event so for Fall Guys, so I guess that's always a great way to kind of light the fire of the community again. And I've seen a few people work this stuff in creative and seeing what they can do, and it seems like the general consensus is just seeing how much you can screw up people and uh, <laughs> really make them suffer. So I look forward to seeing some of the uh, creative maps that are out there. Yeah, no, it's going to be going to be fun to watch along and see because we know that there's going to be some very creepy, freaky stuff that's going to get made because uh, when there is the the creative freedom there for, for someone to build something that's a bit unique and obscure, you know damn well they're going to run with that. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll sort of, over the next couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months, if we see any crazy, crazy uh, levels that have been created, we will be sure to share them in the show notes because, uh, yeah, the, the more obscure and quirky and kooky, the better, I think, with these types of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, the next bit of news, a little bit bittersweet, but Team Cherry has announced that Hollow Knight Silksong has been delayed past the first half of 2023 and that more details will come as the game nears its release date. Over on Twitter, Team Cherry's marketing and publishing lead, Matthew Griffin, said, We had planned to release in the first half of 2023, but development is still continuing. We're excited by how the game is shaping up and it's gotten quite big. So we want to take the time to make the game as good as we can. He then continued to say, expect more details from us once we get closer to release. So obviously Hollow Knight, the original one from Team Cherry that uh, was originally kickstarted for a a low sum. I think they only needed 35K to make Hollow Knight back in the day to to get it off Mm -hmm. the ground. 
it went above that. It became one of the, the biggest indie hits of the last decade. Everyone is very excited to play Silk Song. Uh, but yeah, we might have to wait a little longer. I didn't think it was a shot in hell of coming out in the first half. I'm still conf- curious if it even comes out in 2023 altogether. It sounds to me that this might be a next year thing because they were very non-committal as far as it's coming out later this year. We're close. Like they're saying the game's gotten quite big. So we want to take the time to make the game as good as we can. So that take the time sounds to me that we're maybe 12 months out before we get Silk Song in our hands. The thing that's like I'm trying to remember is that I put this as one of my fantasy game choices. Like three years ago, right, or something? Three years ago sounds about right. Well, yeah, like three years is probably right about where it would have been a part of it. And I'm like, oh, damn, this game still isn't out. Um, and I think it's fine. If they're saying that this and their ambitions have gotten bigger and it's developing into something greater and something that they're happy to share, then, yeah, take the time, make something good. Everyone uh, that are fans of Hollow Knight, I'm sure, are happy to wait. It's like I've always said, we're not, like, short on games right now. So, But, yeah, I'd be curious to see if it actually makes it in within this year then. Yeah, I, I, I feel this is 2024. And you know what? Like, as we've always been raised, good things come to those who wait. So let's just be patient. Let... Team Cherry do what they do because obviously they knocked it out of the park with the original Hollow Knight. All, all the sort of trailers and, and things we've seen so far on Silk Song look like it's going to be more of the same greatness. So let's just, mm-hmm. let's just let this thing cook away in the oven and uh, it'll be served up to us when it is good and ready. Uh, so the next little bite-sized bit of news here, the upcoming game Starfield has received its ESRB rating, revealing that it will contain drugs, in-game purchases, and suggestive, and suggestive themes, including reference to, references to jetpack sex. The game has been given an M for mature 17 plus rating due to blood, strong language, suggestive themes, drug use, and violence. The rating summary describes Starfield as an open world RPG where players take on the role of a miner searching for artifacts across the galaxy. The game will also be including in-game purchases and Starfield is currently scheduled to be released on September the 6th of 2023 with a Starfield direct event providing more gameplay and information coming in June in and around Summer Game Fest. So jetpack sex, Miss Hart. That's the first thing that stood out for me. I'm down for some yeah. sex in the sky. Like that sounds like the next iteration of the Mile High Club. I think it's just more interesting to kind of see exactly like, like, like how much of a, I was going to say how much of an adventure game this is, but like, I guess they don't necessarily say, is your character doing it? Is it? Yeah. Do you think is, you just sort of see? You could witness it. Space friends having sex in the sky. Like you're just walking past and you see some jetpack riders thrusting. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm curious. uh, Drug use. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Has um, has Australia cleared it yet? Uh, Not yet, but we'll find out. I guess uh, we need to see. I'm assuming it'll get slapped with an R rating just off straight off the back of the drug use. Like zero gravity or jetpack sex is more than fine here in Australia, but uh, the second you take any bad drugs, no, 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 game's not allowed to be released here. It can't be, you can't take drugs and them have a positive effect on you. They don't, they don't, that's usually where games get clocked was when drug used, drugs are used as like, oh, it's a positive Mm -hmm. that you want to have drugs, like. So that's usually when the rating system and the board in Australia kind of slams down on the game. So I guess once they find out, we'll find out if Australia pushes back. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd suck if you guys had to get a different kind of game. I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed, yeah. But uh, you're here in Australia. Obviously, we've talked to about the classification board pretty on and off here over the years. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've got some some very archaic and dated views on things when it comes to media especially when it comes to video games but uh yeah yeah, drugs if it if it gives you a nerf they're good but if it buffs you no 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 so we'll see but uh i'm curious about that that final review approval here in australia very curious about the jetpack sex and also very curious about the in-game purchases. Like, yes. is this a pay-for-power type of thing? Is this just that you can get some cool aesthetics? You can buy some things for, to maybe pimp out your settlement because no doubt you're going to be terraforming uh, planets and, and setting up little encampments and things. So maybe you can mm-hmm. get various decorations for your little space stations, but very curious to know what in-game purchases is going to translate to. Yeah, 
Like maybe it's just gear. Maybe it's just straight up gear. Mm. But yeah, I'll have to see. Oof. But yeah, September the sixth, and we'll get a little bit more of a deeper dive in a month's time. Uh, in and around Summer Game Fest. So, uh, yeah. yeah, strap in fellow space explorers for that. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get that jetpack sex happening. That will already be all over Pornhub, I am sure. Next little bit of news. The new handheld PC for PC gamers is the title of this bad boy. The Asus ROG Ally. Or Ally. It's, it's funny. Fair enough. Yeah, it mm-hmm. can go either way, but we're going we're gonna to just call it yours. It's your handheld. So the Asus ROG Ally. Even though it is Ally, it's Ally here. Call it Ally. I don't, okay. We don't. We don't need to be okay. confusing people. Right, I'll leave that. I'll leave that alone. Then the Asus ROG Ally, touted as the main rival to the Steam Deck in the handheld gaming PC market, has now unveiled its official price and release date, set to launch on June the thirteenth for seven hundred US dollars. On the specifications front, the ROG Ally boasts superior features compared to the Steam Deck with an AMD Ryzen Z1 processing housing a Zen 4 8-core CPU and RDNA 3 GPU rated at 8.6 teraflops. <clears throat> it becomes the most powerful handheld PC available. The device also offers a high-resolution IPS screen to 1080p with a re- refresh rate of up to 120Hz, giving an edge over the Steam Deck's 1280x860Hz display. So obviously we're talking double frame rates potentially there as well as higher res. Additionally, the ROG Ally weighs a relatively lighter 608 grams compared to the Steam Deck's 669 grams. Nice. The ROG Ally runs on Windows 11 Home. Notably purchasing, the ROG Ally comes with a three-month free subscription to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, with the ROG Ally offering the advantage of native Game Pass support. The Steam Deck, which runs on Linux, requires additional adjustments for Game Pass Cloud Gaming. The device also supports various usage options, including connecting to a TV via the ROG Gaming Charger Dock, which is sold separately, or using external GPUs for desktop-like performance. With its sleek design, vibrant display, and powerful specifications, it is shaping up to be a good bit of kit. However, it faces some challenges such as a clunky user experience, limited battery life for graphically intensive games, and the absence of the Steam Deck suspend and resume feature. Overall, the ROG Ally presents a compelling alternative to the Steam Deck and promises an enjoyable gaming experience on the go. So I I think I'm in on this. I think the the part that excites me the most is having native Game Pass support right there in this little handheld device. The fact that I can now just start playing my games on a, like a ROG Ally while I'm laying in bed or you know traveling or whatever is really uh, incentivizing for me. It's, it's interesting. I'm curious and I'm going to see how hard it's going to be for me to obtain one here in the AU because I didn't I didn't throw the money down on a Steam Deck, but this I'm like, yeah. hmm, okay, maybe maybe you got me Asus. I'm a I'm an Asus fan. I've I've had a ROG gaming laptop over the years and uh, I think I'm back into the Asus ecosystem here with the ROG Ally. Yeah, so we've actually already pre-ordered it. Hey. Because- um it, it it's interesting it's an interesting bit of kit um it obviously is very powerful it's got all the little bits that like just you know a little bit better than the steam deck obviously the better display there was a lot of uh stuff that behind the scenes that they were discussing about its power that it's cooler it's lighter um some people that have had hand-on experience have kind of mentioned that maybe holding it it's a bit For some people, a little bit funny because uh, I believe the Steam Deck is a bit more thicker, so it kind of has a grip mentality where this one's a little bit more on the slender side, so it kind of has a bit of a weird hand feel. Mm -hmm. The other thing is is that we still don't have an absolute consensus on what the battery life is. A lot of people are throwing around the two hours, but I think that hasn't been established what two hours is. that two hours, like playing a game that is localized on the actual device at super resolution like like that that could be like you know the very very worst um possible outcome uh in the showcase that they where they kind of talked to some of the people that have worked on it they were saying that there's a lot of modes that you can adjust and change into the device that will help and benefit it making sure that it will uh, last longer on battery life and then durability and all that sort of stuff. So um, there has been a few people that kind of gone back saying that the uh, Microsoft Windows interface is still relatively clunky as opposed to the Steam Deck where it is essentially just 
loaded up and it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. With this one, you'd kind of have to kind of go into a display. But then in saying that, it looks like it's going to give maybe people who are a little bit more on the creative side, a little bit more techy, I guess. They might have options on how to really utilize this portable device. I also like the, I'm trying to remember what it was called. It was something Armory or Armory Crate SE? Like the library where it will take all games that are installed. Like doesn't matter if it's on Steam, doesn't matter if it's on Epic. It is just one localized um, like center, which then to me makes sense. Like mm-hmm. instead of having to go to all these different um, areas to find your game, just going to one location just sounds like it would be pretty good. Hopefully, hopefully they've uh, developed it enough that you don't run into many issues. I'm sure that they're bound to happen. But overall, it seems like a pretty promising device. Mm. Looks like a good bit of kit. I like the aesthetic. I like the look of it. I like that they've also gone with the the Xbox Series S X, just Xbox controller archetype, where they've got the same face buttons. They've got the offset. Uh, joysticks as well as the d-pad on there so so it's going to feel very much at home for for xbox uh, users of, of that controller and yeah I'm, I'm keen as a bean like the fact that it's higher res higher frame rate so you're going to get the best handheld experience out of this from a direct comparison to steam with their specifications like like you mentioned ali it might not always run as smooth because it's on that windows back end as opposed to linux but the fact that you've got all your games in that one space through Armory Crate SE is awesome instead of having to yeah, jump in and out of Epic or in and out of Steam and jump here or there. It's all going to be there and it'll just boot up and, and do the heavy lifting in the background to get you into the game in the hopefully less least amount of time and less stressful sort of uh, amount of clicks. But uh, yeah, it looks like a good bit of gear. Good bit of gear. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm down to throw some, some Johnny Cash at this one and, and pick that up in in june so uh yeah there, there's two versions there's a 512 gig z1 extreme version which is that 699 usd price point or roughly 10,000 or 1042 australian dollars or there's the 256 gigabyte z1 base model which is the 599 version which is about 893 aud but uh yeah. that one won't be available until the third quarter i yeah, believe yeah so that's so. that's your that's your, your switch light equivalent well, not equivalent but yeah, you know it's, it's, much, the, it's yeah. the, the light version which is coming later but yeah that extreme version thousand bucks you know that's that's still a, a big chunk of change don't get me wrong that is uh, a lot of bickies that you've got to throw towards it but uh yeah i'm in i mean this thing looks looks the business so uh yeah, hopefully we'll be able to give you some hands-on uh, feedback on this in the next month or so. Because as you mentioned, yeah. Ali, you already pre-ordered. I am yet to yet to do that. I just got to work out how the hell I get one here in the AU. Because I don't think they've got like local pre-orders here for Australia up. I was at going time to ask. Recording. Yeah, I was going to ask. I'm like, have they established a place that you can pre-order, or that would be your point to access it? And I'm assuming it would. I'm trying to think of any other places bar JB Hi-Fi that would be a kind of central point for tech. Yeah, JB. Otherwise, you got your EB games but uh worst case true, maybe true. i just have to try and pre-order through best buy and like drop ship like i do with some other stuff through the states so we'll see we'll see but uh mm. yeah the asus rog ally coming out of the gate strong with some extra crunch yeah. you know 8.6 teraflops teraflops you know we love talking about the t-flops here at thg yeah, t-flops all right so moving on to the last bit of news this week this bit of News has a headline that says, Save your tears for another game. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, the latest installment in the Zelda franchise for Nintendo, has received highly positive reviews and currently holds a 96 out of 100 aggregate score on Metacritic, Metacritic based on 87 critic reviews at time of recording. So obviously we're recording on Saturday the 13th of May at roughly 9.36am. So at the at time of recording, 87 critic reviews are currently live. This places Tears of the Kingdom as one of the top three games on the Nintendo Switch in terms of Metacritic score, right alongside Super Mario Odyssey, which has a 97, and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which also has a 97. The game is praised as a worthy successor to Breath of the Wild and a strong contender for the game of the year. It retains the charm and beauty of its predecessor while embracing more traditional Zelda elements. Reviewers highlight the joy of exploring the secrets and wonders of the game world, making it a must-play for Switch owners who are ready to immerse themselves in Hyrule once again. And we've just grabbed a bit of a critical consensus roundup. We've grabbed uh, five different reviews here from all across the internet and just given you a couple little bylines as far as their review scores. And looking at it from a local standpoint here, Press Start gave it a 10 out of 10, 
And they said, so much sets Tears of the Kingdom apart from other Zelda games. It's a rare chance for the series to play with a direct sequel, embracing its changes, building upon them, and offering something newer while continuing what worked. IGN also gave it a 10 out of 10, and they say, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is an unfathomable follow-up, expanding a world that already felt full beyond expectation and raising the bar even higher into the clouds. GameSpot also gave it a 10 out of 10 and said, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is a canvas for your own creativity, a book to write your own stories, a world to create your own legends. It gives you back as much as you put into it and beckons you to soar, burrow, engineer, solve, adventure, and explore. And Forbes gave it a 9 out of 10 and said, Overall, Tears of the Kingdom is a genuine improvement and evolution over Breath of the Wild. While I still think the Link's Awakening remake has been the best Zelda game on the Switch thus far, Tears of the Kingdom comes very close to that. The story is also a lot more poignant than many of the other games in the series and consequently Tears of the Kingdom feels a lot more considered. But not everyone is is as enamored with Tears of the Kingdom. Gfinity's Josh Brown gave the game a 6 out of 10 in his review, which is currently the lowest score for Tears of the Kingdom. The next highest score is 80 or 4 stars. Brown's perspective is that for long-running Zelda fans displeased with the shift made by Breath of the Wild or folks who didn't get in on the 2017 title, Tears of the Kingdom is unlikely to change their minds. And he says, for the most part, it's the exact same biodiverse uh, biodiverse world you explored all those years ago, only with more natural caves, a sprawling underground chasm, and frankly, too many rock formations in the sky to really care about. New tales are spun throughout it, yet each one has a disappointing air of familiarity. Breath of the Wild's fiddly controls are pushed further to the breaking point, all in an effort to stack more systems on top of those that split the fanbase almost as much as Toon Link. Brown then concluded, If the original open world adventure left you feeling a little deflated, Tears of the Kingdom is unlikely to convince you that this is the best way forward for the franchise. So that one review score, that 6 out of 10 or 60 out of 100 if we're scaling it to that Metacritic value, we wouldn't say it tanked the overall score, but when everyone else is giving it 10s and 9s, it's knocked it down to a lowly 96, which uh, I I said it was going to be higher than the Breath of the Wild 97. I said 98, so I am out of the running. But I believe you said 95, Miss Hart. Yeah. So Price is Right rules means you, you win. Ding, 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 ding. Ooh. But yeah, Tears of the Kingdom getting reviewed very, very, very well, almost unanimously. Hearing these little lines and these sort of uh, captions from the various outlets, has it sort of uh, piqued your interest a little bit more? Are you going to be jumping into Tears of the Kingdom based off this hype and all this positivity that's around the internet right now? No, because <laughs> I kind of think I'm probably with Josh Brown where... I played Breath of the Wild, and while I did enjoy adventuring and exploring, I never really felt captivated to follow whatever the story was and mm-hmm. what was ever happening with that. So, um, yeah, no, I have absolutely no interest in playing this kind of game. Um, and But I'm glad. I'm glad it, it, everyone that has been waiting for it and anticipating for it, it was everything that they wanted and everything that they hoped for. But I'm just going to sit on the sidelines and cheer you on um, yeah, from a distance because just even from what I've seen, nothing has made me go, you know what, maybe I should play this. No, it just, yeah, mm. I'm okay. I'm okay too. I will, I will buy it and play a little bit of it a little bit of Tears of the Kingdom this week just to sort of just to dip a toe get a feel see if there is something that hooks me but I'm completely with you like Breath of the Wild I enjoyed my time with it but it didn't grab me the way it grabbed most of the other gaming populace the rest of the world yeah so so (laughs) maybe maybe I am somewhere between Forbes's 9 out of 10 and Josh Brown's 6 out of 10 here ultimately uh, as far Mm. as what this game's going to give me from a from a, a playing standpoint, but I'll give it a go because, uh, yeah, the, the, the Twitter, the Twitter feed is just full of praise and absurdity as far as the fusibility and combining random items together to create new weapons and shields and stuff. So I think you can really have fun with that freedom and be very creative in all kinds of weird and kooky ways, which could be mm. an interesting way to kill a bit of time. But like you said as well, the the story hasn't really typically hooked me over the years with, with Zelda and it 
definitely did not with Breath of the Wild, but maybe, maybe with Tears of the Kingdom, it might finally grab me. But yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll report back over the coming weeks because I, I will pick up a copy and, and give it a spin and see if I can get caught up in the hype and hysteria that is Tears of the Kingdom or if I'm going to end up hanging out with uh, Josh Brown at Gfinity and, and be a hater, as the internet like to call them. Yeah. I mean, this this... For all the praises and wonderfulness that's going around talking about this game, there obviously are a lot of outliers that are probably not as thrilled and have had some opinions based on uh, a contrast in new release titles from other consoles and the expectations on frame rates and everything that they're held under Mm -hmm. to say that Nintendo can still bring out the... What is it? And is it 30? 30, is that 30, 30 frames capped. Yeah. But yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of chatter on the internet where there is some, some very graphically intensive battles and things where that frame rate can dip to low 20s. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that are very, have very strong opinions on why uh, different consoles are held to certain regards than um, just because Nintendo can kind of thing. Mm. So that's been a very curious thing to kind of keep an eye on too. So Yeah, it's funny. Like we were sort of talking down Redfall the other day about it was coming out capped at 30. There's there's no 60 or 120 FPS performance mode at launch where where Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, etc. They, they are free of criticism like that because it's like, oh, it's Nintendo. They're just cute and whimsical. They could do no wrong. It's well, yeah. different to, strokes. To be fair, though, Redfall unfortunately had a lot of issues attached to it that gave it its negative light. Ooh, yeah. but, but if just talking about one specific area, I can see where people are kind of saying, well, why is one okay to do and not the other, you know, just because they're, they're locked at whatever they're locked at. Is it just a Nintendo Switch thing that they can only do 30? Yeah, I I think this game is probably squeezing every ounce of processing power out of those little Switch devices. (laughs) And it's interesting too, because there's, there's been some quotes the last, uh, last week or so as well from, from figureheads at Nintendo saying that there's not a new Switch on the way that that next, but excuse me, that next version is probably going to be somewhere in 2024, as opposed to people, Strongly hinting at that, that we'd get a new Switch uh, this coming holiday season, but is that not meant to be now, apparently? But, I mean, just to tell us that it could possibly just be a year later is still relatively close yeah. than not, you know, either way. Either way. Either way. But, yeah, the the world is, is love and tears of the kingdom. And, yeah, 96 out of 100 is a phenomenal score. But, yeah, that uh, that Gfinity 6 out of 10 has has uh, tanked it a little bit, I guess. I've, I've not been able to do the quick maths to see if, say, that was an 8 out of 10. What would that buoy the, the overall score up to? But, uh, yeah, 96. And uh, an early front runner for many, many a person's game of the year in 2023, I dare imagine. Just not uh, Josh Brown or myself or Ali, potentially. So, uh, mm. yeah. But that's the news. Let's uh, jump on, on uh, jump on in over to this. Tweet of the week. This tweet comes via way of at EA underscore Australia. See, this is the EA Games Australia official Twitter handle. And the tweet reads, To our ANZ fam, after many years of tweets and fun, the EA ANZ Twitter will be saying goodbye soon. But don't fret, you can get all your EA related news and announcements via our global account at EA. We've loved being your ANZ voice, but it's time to log off for good heart. So this is upsetting. It's always yeah. sad to see people in the industry closing up shop, especially some of these developers or publishers that we've been fortunate enough to build relationships with over the years. So, uh, you know, Charlotte and Steph over there have been really phenomenal with us and, and they're, they're just lovely human beings. So hopefully their work will continue on with EA in, in other capacities. But uh, it sucks lo- losing these local voices for global publishers and developers because it's a great sort of touch point for, for everybody here in Australia. And we get marketing and, and updates that are related to our industry specifically here for, you know, ANZ as opposed to just a, a broad brush announcement from the, the the global account that might be a little less relevant. But uh, yeah, we love you all over at EA Games. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I think it's just, um, you know, sometimes when we're being across the pond from all the 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 big guns of America having something to kind of bring us all together as a local community in Australia and New Zealand like kind of it it, it was good it was a way to kind of 
put together just like a little community reach out to us reference to us like not everything was always the same and marketing towards a global market or marketing towards the American market is very very different to the what that can be done to us in the Australian New Zealand market so it is sad that the the actual account has seemed to be you know made obsolete for whatever Mm. reason they chose I think it's I think it's a misstep because I think it just does so much for a, a brand and a company just to have a representation within uh, a community in the country. So, yeah, it's, it's a shame and appreciate everything that the team did to develop that and hope they hope they get to move on to better things. Completely agree. Like, uh, it, it's going to suck having that sort of local touch point or that local. Uh, unique voice for for the region here in ANZ exactly. instead of just getting now this this broader EA corporate speak from from the United States or wherever it's going to be ultimately trickling out from. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure the global account and the team behind that will do great and, and provide those EA related news and announcements in in uh, you know regular and, and good quality. But uh, yeah, it sucks to to lose that local feel, that local vibe. Uh, the, the the Marbo the vibe is if we're gonna like you know the, what, it's just the vibe yeah Daryl Kerrigan would be his heart would be breaking if he was actually a real character right now because yeah the vibe is not gonna be the same here from from EA so yeah hope everyone behind the scenes is okay and it doesn't lead to any people being uh, retrenched or, or potentially let go so uh, yeah mm. we're gonna we're gonna miss you over there at EA Australia uh, something that we don't have to wait too long if we're missing it currently is new content coming out your way though. New releases and events. As far as new things coming out between the 15th of May onwards for the next week after that, we've got you covered. We've got a new podcast making its way on the more than hentai and anime appreciation podcast RSS feed where we're going to be tackling Blue Lock. And I've been joined by anime stalwart, anime knowledgeable aficionado known as Anthony and Blue Lock for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about is an anime based on football or soccer for anyone in oh. in the, the local regions and it's uh it's a very, very interesting concept. It's got some sort of Hunger Gamesy vibes to it. It's a very different sports oh. anime. It's really, really cool, very well animated and it's one of the biggest anime hits of the last twelve months. So uh, we're going to deep dive on that one. It was a ton of fun talking to Anthony because, yeah, he knows his anime just about more than anyone I know. And uh, Blue Lock is great. If you wanted to see some stuff coming to the streamers or the big screen, don't worry, we've got you covered there too because on the small screen, still a Michael J. Fox movie making its way to Apple TV. And on the big screen, Fast X is coming out. Vin Diesel versus Jason Momoa. And all the other cast of characters with your John Cena's, your Charlize Theron's, your Ludacris, insert all these other names here and there. (laughs) The Easter Bunny. (laughs) Sonic the Hedgehog, maybe, because, you know, he got to go fast. So why is there not a a crossover there with Fast X? But, uh, yeah, we've got yet another Fast movie. I saw earlier this morning scrolling Twitter that Vin Diesel said a quote about, you know, the, the last Fast movie. Might be a three fucking part. trilogy ending three-parter. And it's just like, my God, how fast you got to go here, Vin? Like, ugh. Ugh. I just stop watching these movies and other movies can be funded. Mm-hmm. But this movie will make a lot of money, as the last few have. Like, it is still a global phenomenon and... I'm happy for everyone that is involved. Like, it's great to see people have success. But, yeah, these movies just... They're just not good. And... How can you make so many films about car-based hijinks continually? Like, it's getting insane. It's the memes. It's the people that go and watch it. Like, I don't know. I'm just being sour grapes. I I never like these movies. I like the first one. The first one was very good to me. I I liked watching the first one a lot. But after that... I liked the first few. I enjoyed Tokyo Drift. I didn't see Tokyo Drift, so I'm going to eventually give that one a chance because everyone says that that was a good one. Mm. So yeah, I'll give that a chance. It's, but, yeah, it's great. Just new but, ones. Yeah, I haven't watched the last maybe four or five, I reckon. And I don't have, have think, any I, real interest in watching them either. I think I watched like, yeah, I don't think I've seen the last maybe two. There was one where they drove through the, the buildings, I think in Dubai, from one building to another and stuff like that. And just, I was questioning my judgment. It's so dumb. I think, think Ronda Rousey was in that one. Yeah. Oh. 
It's so dumb, but they keep getting made. People keep turning up in droves, buying tickets, and they'll continue to keep getting made. But yeah, the fact that the the finale is going to be a three-parter, like it's, my God. <laughs> they watched too much Attack on, uh, Attack on Titan. Oh, don't get me started about that. But uh, yeah, Fast X coming out this week to, week to the cinemas. No doubt it's going to make a ton of cash. And any Fast fans out there, mm-hmm. have a great time. But I will not be there at the cinemas checking this one out. Uh, games coming out this week as well. We've got Humanity coming out on May 16th, which is on the PlayStation as well as PSVR, PSVR 2 and PC. Firmament coming out on PC and Mac. And then Lego 2K Drive coming out on all of the consoles as well. So that's the uh, the Lego sort of customizable kart racer option uh, where you can build out your own little Lego beasts and, and fang around the tracks. Classic. Mm, looks fun, but Miss Hart, that's, that brings us to the end. THG 326, anything else you want to mention, shout out before we close this sucker down? Speaking of drive, I'm just going to give this little disclaimer here. Um, if maybe someone knows what to do because I'm running out of <laughs> running out of options, I tried to load up Forza on my PC where I originally played it through Game Pass, mm-hmm. and my my game file isn't there. It started me from the start again, <gasps> so I'm like I'm really nervous. I had a lot of shitty cars that I wanted to keep, <laughs> so I'm trying to figure that out. So if anyone's had that issue and maybe resolved it, let me know. But I like I loaded it up on the Xbox again, hoping that maybe it will do like a cloud kind of refresh mm-hmm. kind of thing, and it didn't work. Oh, so no. yeah, sad face because like I, I I had the need for speed apparently. Um, I wanted to get back in there and I couldn't. No cars for you. No cars for me. That's it. We've both copped that in the last few weeks. I lost my Sony save with yeah. all my data on Horizon. You've lost your Forza save on Xbox. So uh, yeah, my Sonic car. Yeah, they're coming at us from every direction. Maybe hackers. Maybe hackers got into our systems and took our data. I don't know, but it's it's annoying. And I hope your save gets 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 found and you can reload it because I am still very salty and very sad about it. And uh, I don't want you in that same boat because it's not a good place to be. Hush times, yeah. Mm, but a great place to be, listeners, is obviously over at videogamesandculture.com. Head on over there and uh, chuck that forward slash win to get your entries in. But yeah, that brings us to the end of another episode of THG. Thanks, as always, for stopping on by. But it's time for us to close this sucker down for another week. So we'll see you next time, listeners. But until then, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.